So what's new with you? I think that's actually a great question to ask because as we wrap up 2018, there is new. There's new things happening. There are moments of sadness and there's moments of joy. Some of you just experienced that. Sadness in your heart of thinking Harry and Cindy are going to be taking a ministry position at a church and you're processing through that. And then you hear, oh, someone's coming. So now you're in the joyful moment and there's excitement there. And we find ourselves in this moment where we're experiencing joys and sadness. This past Christmas Eve, the, the house was packed out. We had to put more seats up. I mean, the gathering was amazing. People came together. It was a beautiful night of candlelight and families together. And it was just, it was amazing. And then this week, we, we have all these other things still continuing to go. And it's funny, I was talking with different families, and they're like, oh, we're going to be gone this weekend. We're here. We're at this thing and this thing. And I'm like, you know what? The people who need to be here this Sunday will be here. And some of them will be listening online. And so if you're watching online, you should put some clothes on. <laughs> but those of you who are here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up for another moment. If you could stand up all across the room. I know this will be a little different. Go ahead and stand up. And I want you to look at somebody around you. And, here, and this isn't just a 30-second experience. I want you to look at somebody around you. And I want you to ask them this question. What's new with you? And take an answer from the people who are around you. What's new with you? And go ahead and find out. What's new with you? <laughs> Once you get that answer, you can be seated. Now here's the thing. Some of you are like, I, I didn't get all of it from that person. That just means afterwards you're going to have to convince them to take you out for lunch. <laughs> convince them that they're going to have to buy. And uh, you could go out for lunch afterwards today. But uh, what's new with you is this Kind of crazy question. In fact, someone just kind of yelled out to me and said, hey, pastor, what's new with you? I'm glad you asked. For me, we come out of the Christmas season, and we had a great time. And this year, we had saved money up for Christmas, which means our Christmas got a little bit more extravagant this year, honestly. Uh, something about saving money lets you experience things in a, in a better way. Here's the one thing I would say, though. When you save money, make sure you put a cap as to what you're saving so that you don't keep spending those different things. But, but we saved up money, and the kids had a great Christmas, and we had family over and, and friends, and it just, man, it was just, it was awesome. But one of the things I loved so much about Christmas was, was we continued moving some things forward. Uh, during Christmas break, I was here at the church and had some incredible guys who came in with me, and we ripped up some stinky, nasty carpet downstairs. So here's the thing. The carpet 
is so... Okay, so when, when, when people go to hell, they're going to have to rip carpet up like this <laughs> the rest of their life. And, um, like, it just won't come up. I mean, it just, it just will not come up. We, we, we bought a special tool that has a wench on it and everything. It just, it just rips up. I mean, so a lot of it is just pure brute strength. And good thing you got a pastor who's got guns and... Um, <laughs> And so I'm down there, and we're ripping it up, and I got guys around me, and we're just tearing it all up, and, and we got it all done, and I was really excited. I had said all we had was um, four more rooms left to go, and I was like, and we knocked out two of them. And uh, we had to wet the carpet down because we were trying to get the glue to release, and then we turned the heat up really high, and then we shut the doors. So heat, water, shut the doors, leave it for three days. It stinks. And, uh, but it's the only way to get the glue to release. So we finally did and we got it up. And then I was so excited. I was like, all we have is two more rooms, one small one, and then one other one that's pretty large. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh no, we've got four more rooms on top of that. Cause we got the whole elementary room, but off the elementary room are three more classrooms plus a storage room. And so I was like, I just went into depression and, um, <laughs> But then I remembered that I hired a groups pastor slash minor in facility, and I went, Woo! Woo! I say that jokingly, kind of. But um, <laughs> so there's still tons more carpet, but, but that's kind of what's new with me. The demo uh, actually uh, starts on the lower level um, downstairs, and, and you may go, I thought we already did some demo. We did. This is demo part two, and it's happening in the elementary space, and so it actually starts this Wednesday, and uh, there's walls that are going to be coming down. I mean, it, I know the church body, it's hard for you to imagine what it's going to look like, because some of you haven't even been down there, so, like, but it is going to be amazing. It is going to be a whole new kids area, and, and here's what's crazy is you won't even recognize the space. In fact, you know what? It's better just to show you, so watch this. So uh, I'm down here in the elementary wing, actually, and just to give you kind of an idea of what is getting ready to happen. So this wall right here, this red wall that you see behind me, um, literally this entire wall back here is going to be removed, um, all of this wall, this entire wall that you see over here, all of this wall is completely coming out. What is now a hallway is actually going to become a part of the room. Um, the bathrooms are right here behind me. But uh, this entire wall is going to be removed. In fact, all the way over here, this doorway is coming out. And then this is the elementary space right here. And it's actually a wide-shaped room right now. Uh, it's actually going to be uh, back here. The stage is going to be actually going lengthwise, and so the stage moves back, the room gets longer, and then this entire wall all the way down is being removed. So literally, this entire wall all the way, all the way, all the way back um, to this bulkhead right here, basically. It's going to actually be removed a little bit back, and then it'll come back in because we got to do some footers. But literally, this entire space gets completely opened up into the elementary space. So now the elementary space 
will be humongous and uh, it's gonna be amazing. And uh, inside of this space as well is elementary. Um, this, this entire room right here, which used to be an office area and kind of a storage workroom type room, this entire room right here is gonna be completely opened up to the elementary. So it, I don't even know how to describe what it's gonna look like. It is going to be amazing and uh, we've been working really hard at making all of this happen. So this is a little update on the elementary. First uh, of January is when all of that is happening. Walls are starting to come down. First of January, this space, you won't even recognize it. So I just wanna do a quick video because you won't recognize it after we are all the way done because all of these walls are gonna be completely gone. Come on now, that's pretty exciting. That was not that good of a cheer right there. Come on, like that. That space is gonna be amazing. We're literally gonna be putting like a rock climbing wall in the back. Now you may go, wait a minute, there's ceilings. They, it's kind of like a bouldering type thing. There'll be stuff for the kids to do, but that entire space will completely transform. And then one of the big pieces with the whole lower level is that we're putting in new doors all down there. And so the whole space will be completely secured with the new foyer space. I mean, it, like, it is going to be so amazing. And um, that happens through your generosity, through your giving. And so I know that for many of you, you don't get an opportunity to go down there and we got signs up that say stairs closed and all that, but I just, I wanted you to know, and, and I want all the parents in the house to know this, is that we believe in your kids and we believe in the next generation and we're going to create the most incredible environment in Lenaway County and in, in this entire area that no one else has seen, no one else has experienced, and yeah, we're doing it in the confines of a basement, which has some struggles and challenges but we're willing to push through, and it is going to be amazing. And, and, and as the pastor, I'm telling you this, like, I will rip carpet up. I will do whatever has to happen to make this happen, but I sure could use your help. <laughs> and I know some of you say, Pastor Brian, I just don't know when you're doing it. And, and what I would say is this, is if you're someone who says, listen, I can do it, a lot of times it's more last minute. And you may go, why can't you just plan for it? Why can't you just make that happen? Because we're dealing with contractors and then volunteer contractors who are coming in. We have a volunteer right now, contractor, who is doing all of the electrical because we had to get rid of our other guy. He's doing all the electrical. Now get this, for free. And they were telling me this the other day, and I just said, well, we, we want to do something to bless you. And they're like, just keep bringing people in to help because they feel like God has called them to do this and to be a part of it. And so I'm telling you, like, God is doing some new things. And I wonder if it's kind of like the prophet Isaiah. In, in Isaiah chapter um, 43, he said this, Behold, I am doing a new thing. And he said, Now it springs forth. And then he says this, do you not perceive it? And I was thinking about this passage, and I was thinking about us, and I just wonder if some of us aren't perceiving the new thing that God's doing. 
and we're questioning and we're wondering and we're struggling. We're like, I just don't know. And there's so many unknowns and there's so much change. And, and my kids are now over here in BCC. And then next week, you're finding out that next week elementary will be closed and they'll be back upstairs and, and they'll be in the classic room and those who are in classic are now going to have to move to the back and everything's changing. And everyone's like, ah! And now I would just say this. Do you not perceive that God is doing a new thing? And that in the midst of the new thing, here's what's exciting. That verse doesn't end there. It goes on to say, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And we look at that passage of Scripture and we go, yes, it's a new thing. God's doing new things. Yes, I'm going to perceive it. And then here's what's interesting. Verse 18, though, this was verse 19. Verse 18, the verse right prior to this, he actually said this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, why would the prophet say that? Because God constantly throughout the Scriptures is telling us to remember Put these stones up and build an altar and build, build a moment so you would remember what God has been doing. Why would the prophet say that? And here's what I think. I think the prophet is saying it because many times in the midst of the new coming, what happens is, is we want to revert back to the old. And we're like, that's where the comfort is. Why couldn't it just be back? The, why, why couldn't the kid's space just be left alone? Why, why, did, why did we have to change it? Well, part of it was is duct tape taped down on the floor to hold carpet together was not a good thing. Consider not. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. He says this, for behold, I am doing a new thing. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Could it be that sometimes we get so focused on the past that we don't perceive the new? Come on, Bethany. We celebrated 75 years as a church, which is amazing. Amazing, amazing, rich, incredible history. But you could get so caught up in the history that you miss the now. You could get so caught up in what happened back then that you would miss what God is doing now. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see what God is doing? God is doing a new thing. So here's what happens. In the midst of God doing a new thing, our responsibility needs to be to spread the word. To tell everyone, oh, man, God is doing something new. Man, there is such excitement in my heart. Yeah, there's change happening. Yeah, it means a little bit of change. And, and my kids have to change in a space. And, 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 and yeah, I, we got to move out of our room for a season so that the elementary kids can have that. So, oh, yeah, but it's okay because I know this. That God's on the move. That God's doing something. Do you not perceive it? So the question of what's new with you actually is a pretty loaded question. As a church, there's lots of new things going on. Do you perceive it? Oh, a new roof this year. Do you perceive it? A lot of things we don't even, we don't even know are even happening. Last year, we put all new LED lighting in the parking lot. I, I could go through all the different things. We bought, we bought new floor equipment. All things that cost fifteen dollars to $30,000 each time. I'm telling you, like, the price tag on things commercially is crazy. And that's just that kind of stuff. I could tell you about all the people's lives who've been changed. 
I can tell you about the people who have been raising their hands for salvation lately and committing their life to Jesus and taking one step closer. I can tell you about the families and marriages that God's restoring that found themselves in broken places. I can tell you about people who have been addicted to things being set free from so I, I can tell you story after story. Do you perceive it? What's new with you? Oh, man. There's a ton of new stuff going on. There's so many things happening in my church. There's so many things happening in my life. And I love how Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott and I were talking about this the other day. And, and he said, you know, Pastor Brian, he said, ah, there's just such an excitement. Because he said, I feel like we've been toiling. We've been, we've been digging up the soil. And he said, even prior to me getting here as a church, you guys were, you were digging up. You were preparing the soil. And, and now we've been planting seed in. And he's like, I just have such expectation in my heart that a harvest is coming. Like, I, I just don't even know how to describe it. Can I just, can I just echo, Yes. But you know what we don't like? We don't like the preparation stage. We like the harvest stage. But without the preparation and the planting, we can never get to the harvest. So yeah, there's a little bit of pain. There's a little bit of stuff going on. But here's what I know. God is the one who brings new life. He is the one who brings new promises, new commands, new mercies, new beginnings. He is the God who's doing a new thing. And here we come facing 2019 face to face, and in the midst of that, there is a new thing that's happening. Look at your neighbor right now and say there's a new thing happening. And so in the new thing, what many of us will do is we'll, we'll go back and we'll start saying, you know what, how did 2018 look? And here's the thing, you can reflect on what 2018 looked like, but if you stay in that mode and don't look to the new things, you will just stay in the same old patterns. Do you know that when I started 2018, I had a goal of being a few pounds lighter than I am right now? Just a few. And um, so here I am sitting here thinking about 2019 coming in. And there's something about the new beginnings, something about New, new Year's resolutions, right? All those things. You just start processing through that. It's interesting when you look at New Year's resolutions, they, they say the top five are this, is that one is people will say, you know what, I, I want to start a new hobby. Others will say I want to make more money. Others will say I want to improve relationships. Stop smoking is still a big one in there. And then the number one, the number one that everyone wants to do in the New Year's is do what? What do you think it is? Lose weight. It's the one thing we're all like, oh, I got to lose weight. I got to shed some pounds. Especially after Christmas, all that stuff that you ate, it's like your shirts aren't. Like, here's the thing. As a chubby guy, plaid does not work real well. And here's why. See these lines? When they stretch out, it goes like this. And the line is no longer straight. And you start looking at it, and you're like, oh, I can't wear that shirt. Honestly, there are shirts in my closet I can't wear because the lines are all wavy. Because my belly. And I sit there and I go, man, what's new with me? I got to lose some weight. But in the midst of all that, I think about, no, I got to take care of my body, yes. I got to take care of myself spiritually, yes. I got to lead, yes. But ultimately, in the midst of all of it, God is doing a new thing. <laughs> I heard this story about a guy, speaking of bellies, um, uh, he, was, he was in his bathroom and he was standing on a scale and he was uh, sucking his gut in. And uh, his wife was over on the side, and she kept laughing at him. 
Because in her mind, she was thinking, why does he think that sucking his gut in is going to make him lighter? And like, it's going to. And so she sarcastically says to her husband, she says, honey, sucking your gut in is not going to help at all. And he turned and looked at her and said, yeah, it does. I'm trying to see the numbers. <laughs> and so no matter what it is that you're hoping for for the new year, listen, whether it's, whether it's new health or uh, a new physique or, or a new home or a new car or a new job or, or, or new muscles or new clothes or I, I don't care, whatever, whatever it is, you're looking at things, you're going, man, I, I just wish there was something new. And, and this question comes up, what's new with you? Now, by, by definition, the word new um, is simple. It says this, uh, it's having recently come into existence it's being other than the former or the old. Some of us are like, I need to come into something new. Some of you are saying, listen, I want the former to change. Um, another uh, definition is this, is, is made or become fresh. Some of you are like, I, I need to be fresh in the new year. My boys, you know, they're like, I got I to have some fresh hair, Dad. I got to have, you know, fresh everything. You're, you're looking for something new. Um, the last one is this, is different from one of the same category that existed previously. And I think for all of us coming into the new year, we're like, I just, I just want something to change. I want something to change in, in maybe in your health. Maybe it's something you want to change spiritually. Can I encourage you today? We're, we're getting ready to start this brand new season of SOAPing. And SOAPing stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And what we do is we engage in the Scriptures together so we can have a common place to talk about the scriptures. I think it's crazy that Christians don't talk about the word of God when we say it's so important. So Christians get together all the time and they don't talk about the word of God. Why would that be? Sometimes I think it's just because there's a lot in the book and we're like, man, like what, where are we going to talk about? So starting on January 1st, we'll be in Hosea chapter 1. And then we're going to read through Hosea. And then uh, January 15th, we'll start Psalms chapter 1. And we'll be in there for a season. And then you'll, you'll keep reading through. And here's the thing. We want to encourage you to soap along with us. Read just that one chapter. As you're reading it, if a scripture verse jumps out, write that scripture verse down. Observe the context of it. Apply it to your life. And then ask the Lord, God, I'm just praying that you would somehow apply this to my life and, and help me to have a greater understanding of this. And, and what will happen is, is you'll see life change. Because all of a sudden your filter then throughout the week becomes God's word. And it's a great practice. So start the new year off. Start anew. Some of you got to get to the gym. Start anew. Start anew. Start something new in your life. Jeremiah chapter 31. And we're going to kind of jump around a little bit in the scriptures today. But Jeremiah chapter 31, it says this, The day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. No, they broke that covenant. Though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant. I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. 
They will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their families, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will already know me, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and will never again remember their sins. Listen, when you come into a relationship with Christ and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, can I, can I set some of you free? Your sins are forgiven. And that doesn't mean that we just keep sinning all the more and we just keep running to those places because there is consequence to sin. Though you are forgiven, guess what? There's still consequence. You go out and kill someone, will God forgive you? Yes. But is there a consequence to that? Yes. So when you play with sin, is there consequences? Yes. Does God forgive a man who commits adultery on his wife? Yes. Does that damage the marriage? Yes. Does it sometimes end the marriage? Yes. There is consequence to sin. But when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you are forgiven. And so if one day you're out there and all of a sudden someone cuts you off and with hate in your heart, you're like, that stupid blankety beep, 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 beep. And then all of a sudden you hit him and you died and you stood before the Lord and God was like, oh, man, sorry. That old sinful man came out right at the end. You just, you just out of luck. You're going to hell, buddy. I don't believe that's what's going to happen because I believe that God has forgiven you of your sins and because he has cleansed you and, and taken care of your life, you will stand before him and Jesus will step onto the scene and he will say, no, that's my, that, that's, that's, he, he's accepted me. He's, he's allowed me into his life. She's allowed me into her life. Stop living with this guilt and shame in your life. The enemy is the one who brings condemnation, not God. God brings freedom. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. You're a new creation in Christ. I love how the message translation says it. It says this, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. It says, we looked at the Messiah that way once, and we got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, and the new life for John's. I don't even know how to say that word. Come on, Eugene Peterson, what are you doing to me? It says, look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationship with each other. God put the world square with him through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. And God has given us a task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and to enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God, for he's already a friend with you. What's new with you? What's new with you? What new thing is God doing in you? I was talking with someone literally right before the gathering, and they were just talking about some struggles in their life. Pastor, I've been struggling with some of these things. I know it's not who I am, but yet I've just, I've just been in this place of struggle, and I just said, listen, that isn't who you are. But we also have to recognize we live in a fallen and sinful world, 
and that's not who you are. You are forgiven, and God has changed your life, and so walk in that freedom. But that also means we have to take necessary steps in our lives to make sure that we don't keep walking back into sin. Some of you need to change the friends you hang out with. It's not because of them. It, it, it's, it's because they constantly keep pulling you down. So stop. Stop hanging out with them. Some of you have some addictions in your life and you're like, no, I have freedom in Christ. I can do whatever I want. Baloney, that is controlling your life. And everyone around you sees it. The question is, is are you willing to allow God to do a new thing? What's new with you? What's the new thing that God is doing in you? Because he declares that you are a new creation. You think differently. You act differently. You process through things differently. God is calling you to be new. So today I just want to share with you three R's that I think will help you be new. So if you're taking notes, write these down. The first is this is we've got to reflect. We've got to reflect. The second is this, is we've got to refocus. We've got to refocus. Once we've reflected, we refocus. And then the last is this, is we've got to restore. We've got to restore. So reflect, refocus, restore. Let's focus in on the first one for a minute. Reflect. You see, for many of us in this room here today, we... We look at things and we go, man, I love reflecting. In fact, for me, I, one of the things I do like about Facebook, there's a lot of things I hate, but one thing I love that is, is when the memories pop up in Facebook of pictures and moments from the past. And I get to see these pictures of my kids when they were really cute and little. Now they're big and they're still cute, but they're big. Like big. <laughs> Josiah is a big guy. And... Uh, I see these pictures of him when he's little, and so it just causes me to reflect. We, Kasha and I will think back to those moments, and, and, and many of you know what I'm talking about. You reflect on the things that are going on around you. But just as much as we reflect, one of the things that happens is, is, is we want this fresh start. We say, God, I, I'm looking for something new. I'm looking for you to do something new inside of me. But as we reflect, what we recognize is that God has been doing something new in us throughout the entire year. It's just many times in the middle of it happening, we don't recognize it. I think it's why the prophet Isaiah said, do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive, do you not understand that God is already doing a new thing? See, for some of you, as you reflect on maybe just Christmas, you recognize that at Christmas time, you went a little hog wild and you bought a lot of presents. And you're looking at, and now all of a sudden what's going to happen is, is come January, if you didn't pay for those things in cash or you didn't save your money up, that bill is going to come due. And you can't look at American Express and send them a note and say, thank you, American Express, for your generous donation to my life and my family at Christmas. I appreciate so much you not forcing me to pay it back. No, as you reflect, you'll recognize that there are things that are happening. And sometimes we have to walk through seasons that we created. And I need you to hear that. Because some of us think the whole idea of God doing a new thing is bunk. Because we say, well, if God's doing a new thing, why am I still having to walk through these painful times? Well, that's because you created those painful times. 
Now, the beauty is, is you don't have to walk through them alone, but you still got to walk through them. There's been times in my life where I've wronged Kasha, and guess what? I can say all day long, Kasha, all things are made new. I asked you to forgive me. But guess what? It's still a process that we have to walk through. There's still moments. There's still moments where she doesn't trust me on certain things. Because why? Because I broke trust back here. Has she forgiven me of that? Absolutely. But there's a moment where her heart goes back to that moment of hurt still sometimes, and she has to walk through it. So I have to walk through it. I can't look at her and go, just get over it, babe. And she's like, well, I'll get over it, all right. <laughs> it can't work that It doesn't work that way. We, I have to walk through that, even in the midst of new things happening. Listen, you and I have been blessed in our lives. We've experienced God's blessings, and there's lots of things that we can be thankful for. So as we look back at this past year, we reflect. We see God's blessings in the midst of all these different things. But yet at the same time, we have to recognize we also have been sowing a lot of seed, both good and bad. It's like one wise old saint said this, if we don't learn lessons from what we've seen and heard, then it's like looking in a mirror and forgetting what you saw. Listen, some of us got to learn from the past. We got to learn from what happened. We got to reflect. The past is important. We can learn a lot from it. In fact, many times what happens is, is when we reflect, we look back and we go, there's a lot of things that I would do differently. So can I just tell you, it's a new year and do things differently. Make the change. Do what you need to do. Reflect. Reflect. The Apostle Paul knew this. He he said this, he said, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal to the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You may say, but Pastor Brian, you told me to reflect. Yeah, and then what Paul tells us is this. He says, as you're reflecting, though, you got to forget. Because why? There's things ahead, which leads to the next one, and that's refocus. we got to refocus. What are you aiming for? Some of you aren't aiming for anything and you're hitting it every time. (laughs) Congratulations. You didn't aim for nothing and you hit it. Awesome. But those who are focused, those who are saying, no, this is what I'm going after. This is what I'm going to do in my finances. This is what I'm going to do in my life spiritually. This is what I'm going to do in my health. All these different, and listen, can can I say this? As your health goes, so goes everything else. I've said this before, and so I'll say it again. You can tell a little bit about the spiritual condition of my life based upon my weight. Want to be honest and real? As my body goes, so goes spiritually, so goes emotionally, it all. It all tags together. I know we don't like to hear that because then it causes us to be accountable for it. But I'm just telling you, when I'm taking care of my body physically, my spiritual life is at a whole nother, like I am soaring mentally, physically, like I, spiritually, like I am just like, what? Oh, I could, I could just take the world. You know why? It's because I'm taking care of what God gave me. When I don't take care of what God gave me, it's like saying, God, no, 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 not right now. I, I know I need to take care of this, but, but I just need to spend time in your word. And that's the problem is that I see people 
Christians all the time, we don't take care of our physical bodies. And, and can I just tell you, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying this out of condemnation. And maybe it's just, maybe this is just for me, so you're just bearing with it. But if we don't take care of the body God's given us, then what are we saying to him? Yeah, thanks God, you gave me this body that I know I'm supposed to take care of. I'm not talking about being skinny. I'm not talking about the image. I'm talking about taking care of your body. Being good stewards of what God's given you. Some of us, we've got to refocus. You've got to refocus on what God's doing. And you've got to say, God, this is an area in my life that I'm giving you. Some of us, we've got some character that needs to be developed inside of us. Some of us have some habits that need to be formed inside of us. We've got to refocus. Refocus on what is happening in your life. The old saying is true, and I said it earlier. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. We got to be intentional with our walk with Christ. We need to be intentional with aiming towards a goal. We need to take care of what God has given. I'm thankful for friends in my life who take care of their bodies physically. I think of Tom Durbin. He's a great friend of mine, and he's the head of school at LCS. And we've just developed this really cool relationship through the years. And Tom, I know you're here, and I know you don't want me to do this, but Tom, Tom runs, and and I just sit there and I go, Tom. I want to run with you. And Tom's like, okay, then come and run with me. And I'm like, but Tom, I just, I just, ah. And I made all these excuses as to why. So here's Tom continuing to take care of his body because he knows as being a leader over an organization, he has to take care of himself physically. And this past year, Tom looked at me and said, he goes, I got to take care of my body physically. And so he does. He gets up and he runs with others and, and like they run to the Mackinac Bridge and back. And it's like they did that in the morning. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, this morning we ran to the Mackinac Bridge. And I'm like, that's, that's far. And he's like, well, you should have seen what Dory did. And his wife, you know, she's running with Heather. I, I'm joking, but... But what is he saying? He's saying, listen, I'm taking care of my body physically. And you know what? That's encouraging to me. We need to surround our people with people who are helping us, encourage us in our walk. So can I just say, refocus. Refocus on what's happening. Refocus your time. This is the big one. Some of us just need to refocus our time. See, many of you are sitting here, you're like, man, 2018, it just flew by. Can I just say, maybe it's because we didn't really focus in on our time. We got so caught up doing stuff that we lost track of it. But here's the thing. God gave you 24 hours a day. And in a year, that's 8,760 hours. And guess who gets to do with whatever they want to do with that 8,760 hours? You do. The number one time stealer in America today is social media. Some of you, if you were to look at your time the amount of time you spent looking at Facebook, sitting on the throne, was crazy. <laughs> and people were like, man, they must be really struggling right now. No, you were just on Facebook. Do you know the average American adult spends 11 hours per day now watching, reading, or listening, or simply interacting with media? 11 hours a day. That's a 2018 study according to the market research group Nielsen. 11 hours a day of people's lives are being spent on media. And here's what's crazy. That's up. That's up nine hours in 32 minutes 
from just four months ago. I mean, four years ago, not four months. <laughs> four years ago, but still four years ago. It's up nine hours and 32 minutes. In the first quarter of 2018, U.S. adults spent three hours and 48 minutes just on computers, tablets, and smartphones a day. Television still accounts for the most media usage with four hours and 46 minutes spent watching TV every day. And here's an even crazier stat. Parents have meaningful conversations with their children 38 minutes per week. While the average child watches 1,680 minutes of TV per week. That's 44 times more TV than the conversations they have with their parents. 50% of children, 6 to 17, have TVs in their bedrooms and smartphones. And most of them are unsupervised. I, I could continue to talk about all these different things, but here, here's, here's what you've got to understand. You, we've got to refocus our time. I told Kasha, I said, you know what? I think for 2019, I'm literally just deactivating my Facebook account. I don't say that because I expect you to do it. I just know for me, I spend a lot of time on Facebook mindlessly scrolling through and looking at what you're all doing. And guess what? It's great, but it's not that great. <laughs> and if anything, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, they're on vacation again? And that's what some of you say about me. So I'm just like, you know what? I think I'm just done. Gosh, is like, but what are we going to, like, how are we going to stay in touch with Jordan? I'm like, she can send pictures. We could, we could actually call and talk to each other on the phone. Kasha does that. Kasha does that. I, I call Jordan quite a bit, but a lot of times I'm like, oh, what's, what's happening in Jordan's life? And I look at Instagram and I go, oh, that's what's happening in Jordan's life. See, in order to refocus, we've got to also remove excuses. Listen, some of you have excuses. I don't make enough money. I can't never catch a break. I don't have time. I don't enjoy it. It takes too long. I'm not smart enough. I'm, not, I'm too old. I mean, the list goes on and on of all the excuses. Can I just tell you, get rid of the excuses. Just get rid of them. Remove them. Remove the, remove the excuses. You got to refocus. You got to refocus. How, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You got to refocus. You got to simplify your life. You got to be a fueler, not a drainer. You got to be someone who speaks life into those who are around you, speaks life over yourself. Some of you need to write on your mirrors. Kasha writes on the mirror in our, in our, in our bathroom. She writes on there. She'll write things like, God's got you, Brian. You're amazing. You're sexy. I mean, all these different things. Like, she's writing stuff. I love it. I need those reminders. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I am sexy. What? <laughs> Then I go in my closet and put my shirt on. It's like, oh, maybe not so sexy. But here, you got to reflect. You got to refocus, refocus. And the last one is this. You got to restore. You got to restore. And um, Ephesians 3.20 says this. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Listen, God can do anything. 
And here's what I love about that, is as we reflect and we look at what God's done and we look at everything that's happening and we refocus, we come to this place of restoring. And God does things in the restoration stage that you and I can't. See, a car that's being restored can't restore itself. It needs the owner, needs the owner to come in and to begin to restore it and work on it. The car doesn't do it. Listen, you and I, we don't do the work. He does. So you could feel kind of down right now and be like, oh my goodness, I'm just overwhelmed. All these different. Can I just say, no, 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 God wants to restore. And so you know what I have is hope in my heart. Because as I reflect on this year and I see good things and see bad things, as I refocus in on what God's calling me to do and how he's calling me to take care of my body and take care of myself spiritually and take care of myself emotionally and take care of myself physically, as I refocus, then what I say is I say, okay, God, now you do what only you can do. You restore. And I came across across this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I close with this. It says, God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He's speaking to the children of Israel here. You have, he'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and he'll pick up the pieces from all the places where they were scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there. Bring you back to the land of your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and will make you numerous as your ancestors or more numerous than your ancestors. God, your God, will cut away the thick calluses on your heart, your children's heart, freeing you to love God, your God, with your whole heart and soul and live, really live. God, your God, will put all these curses on your enemies who hated you and were out to get you. And you will make a new start listening obediently to God, keeping all his commandments that I'm commanding you today. God, your God, will outdo himself in making things go well for you. You'll have babies, get calves, grow crops. You'll enjoy all-around good life. Yes, God will start enjoying you again, making things go well for you, just as he enjoyed doing it for you, your ancestors. But only if you listen obediently to God, your God, and keep the commandments and regulations written in this book of Revelation. Nothing half-hearted here. You must return to God, your God, total heart and soul, holding nothing back. This commandment that I'm commanding you today isn't too much for you, and it's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get mountaineers to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it to you before you can live it. It's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it, bring it back, and then explain it before you can live it. No, no, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. So you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God 
to walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees, and laws. And then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Listen, can I tell you, church, that I believe we are coming into a new season. And in the new season, there is new land to be had. And there is new things that God is doing. And God is calling new people. Just as he's sending people, he's calling people in. And it's in the midst of these new seasons where you and I can answer the question of what's new with us by saying, God is doing a new thing. And as we reflect and we say, God, I see you doing a new thing, we begin to allow joy to flood our hearts because we reflect on the goodness of who God is. And when we begin to refocus, we say, God, I know that there are some areas in my life where I gotta refocus in. I gotta refocus in on these areas. And then we ultimately end with, God, I need you to do the restoring because I'm your creation and I'm asking you to restore me. And so today I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet across this room And I have a simple question for you today. What is it today that as you reflect and as you refocus needs restoring? What is it today that as you reflect and as you refocus needs restoring? Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's spiritually. Maybe for you it's like, man, I I need to get back to soaping. I need to get back to spending time in community and groups with others. I, it could be so many different things that, that it could be for you. But today, as you reflect and as you refocus, you need God to restore. We're not going to spend a long time, but I'm just going to ask if today, if there's something in your life that you feel like God is speaking to your heart, right? you're like, I know this area needs to be restored. Whatever it may be, I'm going to ask you to... Get out of your seat and come up front. So just come stand right up front and just say, there's something in my life that needs restoring. And today you're saying, I'm willing to take one step closer and allowing God to restore it, whatever it may be. So God, across this room, people are leaving their seats and they're coming up front and they're taking a step today and they're saying, God, I need you to restore this area in my life. God, today I join them and I'm asking God that you would restore me physically. God, every person here has different things that they're asking you to restore. And so if you're up here up front right now, would you just just ask the Lord to restore that area in your life? Come on, you just, just ask him right now. Say, God, this is the area. Would you just restore this? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a relationship. Say, God, would you restore this area of my life? And those who are still out in your seats, I'm going to ask you to do this. Those of you who are out there, I'm just going to ask you to stretch your hands out towards each and every person who's standing up here. Because chances are, as you've been in moments where you've needed God to restore some things, and so with faith, I'm going to ask you to pray for those who are standing up here that God would restore these areas, whatever they may be. So God, right now, across this altar, we as a church body, we pray for those who are up here. And we recognize, God, that you're the one who restores. So God, we ask that you would restore. God, that you would do the miracle. 
that Ephesians 3.20 would happen, God, that you would do far more than we could ever imagine or guess or request in our wildest dreams. And God, that you would do it not by pushing us around, but by your spirit deeply and gently working inside of each and every person up here this morning. I pray that today as they've taken this step today, just a step of acknowledgement, that God, you would see their heart and you would walk with them today and help them to walk in that freedom that you have for them as you restore. So God, we thank you for all that you're going to restore. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, come on.